Welcome to a special end of the school year episode of AKA Teacher. I'm here with my favorite three teammates. How's it going? It's going. Yeah, it's good. going. But yeah, this end of the year feeling, you know, as we wrap up the school year, I'm just wondering, is there anything that you uh, try to do at the end of the year just to make the year fun for your students? What does that look like? As we're talking about just kind of the wrap up, do you tend to do things that are more group focused, individual focused, just this idea of how do you acknowledge what's happened over the course of the school year? Well, I like to, with my groups that I do, because I'm not in one school every day, I like to, uh, at the end of the year, I go around and I always see how much they remembered. And then usually I'll go around to each individual and what they feel was one of their weaknesses that happens in school. Like, let's just say a kid, he was, uh, he got disciplined for moving around a lot in class or things like that. When I know things like that, I like to celebrate those as their strength, but I'll reframe them like, I know a lot of people may not understand your energy this year, but I see that you're going to use your energy in this form, in this way, and people may not understand that. So I like to find whatever the kid's been punished or disciplined for uh, most of the year that I know that they don't know why they do it or whatever. I just like to reframe that and use it as their as their strength. I, I'm a big fan of the the art at the end of the year, whether it's visual art that's displayed or the spring concert or the spring musical. Um, I think all of those things are, are great to, to showcase a lot of collaborative work from students. Well, I'm a big uh, social person outgoing. So I like to do like group, a lot of group work, a lot of group reflection with the kids. I think we spend a lot of time trying to do a lot of reminiscing. What, what was your favorite thing this year? What was your favorite activity this year? What was one thing about yourself that you were surprised about? And then have them share those out in little groups and talk just as, you know, one more attempt at getting them to continue working on talking and talking with each other with their peers, getting comfortable talking with their peers. I also just think that there is something that's really fun about that group experience of reminiscing that kids don't always get. Um, and so I really like spend some intentional days being like, all right, we're getting in small groups and here's your first question. Talk it up. Here's the next question. Talk it up. Uh, just to kind of get them talking with each other. When I think about celebrating the learning journey, two things come to mind. One is similar to, you know, the things you guys are saying in terms of an, uh, a deliberate, you know, I do a senior celebration because I will have, I have seniors who are graduating um, and we do our own little, you know, my students do participate in the traditional high school graduation, but we also do our own thing kind of like the week before. And that is like a really intimate, fun thing. Weeks leading up to it, the kids fill out what I call a senior bio, you know, where they kind of fill this thing out. And that's what I, cre we create their speech, you know, it'll be like, Daniel is graduating and he's planning to, you know, and like we use all the things they say. And it's a mix of just kind of standard, like, what are your plans? But then it's their words of, how they've grown, you know, and what they'll remember and what they hope to bring into the world. And so uh, that's, like I said, something very visible and, and out here, the senior celebration. Um, my students also do put together like a video, 
you know, of all of our pictures. And actually my students want to do, um, this year at the senior celebration, we want to do a choreographed dance together. Can you believe that? Bless their hearts. Yes. It's going to be fun. So there's that. But then on the other hand, when I think about celebrating the learning journey, there is actually, uh, I'm very intentional with the students though, to also try to not put hard ends on anything, you know, in terms of what I believe about being present, you know, and I'm, and so we really talk about being able to be present and have, and, and just trying to keep with the routines that we have now to carry into the summer. I might've brought mm-hmm. that up on a different episode where I really like, so there's the senior stuff we're getting ready for. And then the day-to-day is really intentional about like, what, what do we, what habits like are you're really not going to stay up to 3 a.m. Right. And get up at noon. Yeah. Like how do you feel really good right now? How do we maintain that? And so, yeah. um, really talking a lot about how the routines and things feel good. And so, what we can do to just stay present and not treat it like it's the end and I can go crazy and summer Mm -hmm. should be totally different, you know, trying to bring this balance in to their lives. So we talked about students, but what about yourselves? Like, is there something, is there any kind of process or thought or something that your staff or your school engages in that is more about you as the professional and, how you've grown and developed or things you've thought about or done? This is the time of year I start cleaning up my, like really doing the real cleaning of my classroom where I'm starting to like put things away for good, you know, or until next fall. And so I kind of find myself maybe a busy body organizing around the room if they're doing, if they're doing some independent work, you know, I'm, I'm kind of finding myself busy putting things away how I want them to be away for the summer. And so that always kind of, gives me a feeling of productivity during this time of year, I would say, for just kind of moving. But any ways you think you've grown and developed, if you had to give yourself a shout out, what would it be, Angie? For this school year, you think? Yeah. Oh, well, this was the best. I'll tell you, I had a very tough school year last year. I had um, a first year teacher who taught next door to me and they ended up leaving the profession at the end of the school year. And it was about midway through the school year that you could tell they did not like this profession. And I love teaching and everything about it. So it was really hard to be a friend, be a colleague, be a cheerleader and a supporter to that person when they really were just struggling. Um, but our doors were next to each other. So I, I was the person. And this year, um, that the new teacher in that space is doing great. And I've just had a, such a great year with my whole PLC. We onboarded in a PLC of six. We had three brand new teachers and they're all coming back. They're all happy. They all had a great school year. And for me, that was my only goal. Onboard three new staff members, make it the, so they come back next year. Like that's all I cared about. And so all three of my teammates are coming back next year. All three of my new teammates are. And I honestly, I feel very proud of that. And yeah, we had a great every meeting. We just left thankful for each other and happy and um, satisfied with the work that we're doing. And for me, like, that's what this is all about is walking away from your meetings feeling like we're getting stuff done. We're always walking uphill, but we're walking, you know, we're moving. Awesome. 
If you had to give yourself a shout out, Shelton, what's it going to be? How'd you grow and develop? Yes, I would say I've grown. I would celebrate by honoring that question you just asked. Um, I've grown by usually when I get opportunities to teach teachers. Um, I don't like saying teach teachers. Inform teachers on new subjects or areas that I'm that I work in. I usually shy away from that because I'm an introvert and I don't like being in front of people and talking. But this year I made it a goal to not make up things like I was busy or I couldn't do it to accept it. And the times that I have, it's been a success. And it's now yes. like it's something like I look forward to now. So I would I would say just um yeah, it's walking through my fears of getting in front of people and um sharing my experiences and expertise. That's uh, that's my shout out to myself. There you go. Daniel, that's any awesome. thoughts? That's hard. It's a great question. I appreciate it because I think at the end of the year, we're we're doing so much to appreciate students, to wrap things up, clean out the classroom. What's the checklist, right? Turn in this, turn in that. That I think I, I've left many school years feeling like, okay, maybe we had closure with my classroom, but there wasn't necessarily closure with colleagues or even with this question, like myself, like you're left with that first third of the summer where you're just kind of decompressing um, and even then, like, I don't know if the reflections come for me, it's almost that middle part of the summer, that middle third or that second third, where you start coming out of that cloud and reflecting. Um, so I think some of these reflections will come later. And then that last third is you're, you're preparing already, right. For the next school year. Um, but I, I don't know, being in the research and innovation department of the Madison school district. And coming in with more of a, an innovation experience, like experience in the innovation space, design thinking, liberatory design. Um, I, I, my thinking has been pushed a lot in research and how is research used and specifically something, you know, our department is thinking about and collaboration with others is that path from research to practice. How does research get into the hands of practitioners and then what happens once it's in their hands and then what happens from them reading it and it may be changing what they're thinking or reinforcing what they're thinking to then making a decision either individually or with a teaching team or as a whole school um, or even somebody who has power, a district leader or a school leader taking research and saying, you know what, everybody's doing this now because I heard that it worked over here and it's kind of a similar context to us. So now we're doing this. Yep. And how do you, you know, how do you bring <laughs> people along in reading that research and understanding it and then making sure that you're translating it appropriately to your context? It's so much easier said than done to say, well, there's research out there. How can research just inform practice? It sounds like, well, pick it up, read it, understand it, and then implement it. But it's not that simple. We have to kind of work through our own mental models and there's so much bias involved. There's a lot of confirmation bias, right? In reading research. And then sometimes you end up making a decision you were going to make anyway. Yeah. Right? So how do you leave yourself open to changing your mind, sense-making with others and making sure that as we all want, we have research-informed practice? Yeah. It's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. That's tough. The biggest thing about what you're saying, Daniel, too, is is then committing to doing that work. 
am saying we have decided that we are following this research. This has informed our practices. Now we're implementing it. And we promise we won't implement anything else for one calendar year. You know what I mean? Like we want to make sure that you can do this right and have the setup to do it right because that's always the trickiest other part is like, oh yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be great. But also don't forget we have three other new innovations as well that are coming from Mm -hmm. other people in other directions. Mm -hmm. So making sure that we are highlighting the most important research is important too. But so Daniel, your reflection in learning and growth is is just on this research process and really how you've grown in terms of how you interpret it and how you're going to encourage and empower others to use it? Yeah, I think seeing the complexities in that process, I think as an individual teacher, it's easier for that to be more streamlined, right? I read this this bit of research and here's how it's going to change my practice. And it's within your locus of control to make those decisions. But when you're more at the school level, you're at the district level, how do, it's more so there. And how does research come into play there? And it's the complexity, among many things, is that sense-making that's done. That somebody reads something and it kind of, in a constructivist way, they have to make sense of it based on their own understanding of that issue first, let alone with other people who are coming in with different understandings, different mental models, and they're making their own sense of it. And then you're making sense of it together and somehow hopefully coming to an agreement. Right. <laughs> yep. And so I think it's, it's that initial, like, do we have the right research? Mm-hmm. Do we have the right people at the table to talk about this? Are we talking about it in the right way? Is this being facilitated in a way to come to a common understanding because there's also a time crunch, right? If that conversation is going on too long, then somebody in charge will just say, you know what, uh, let's take, yep. here's what we're doing, right? Yep. This this is what I'm hearing in the room. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and let's, okay. let's, we have to move things along because we have a deadline. Yeah. And someone, yep. you know, a lot of times someone will just make that executive decision. Yeah. They'll just, impose, I don't envy you. They'll just impose their will. <laughs> Um, anyway, myself, when I think about this and if I had to shout out self, I think it truly would be that despite the fact that I have shared with you guys that I did really struggle, um, that I still was able to lead with love. And in terms of, I was still able to lead with love with my students. Like they would have no idea in a way, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm regulated, I'm loving, I'm myself. Um, So that I, I think my shout out is that I was, despite big challenges, I was able to lead with love in my classroom and with my colleagues. This time of year, I think it's really important that we, do exactly what we're doing right now. And then we celebrate each other in those moments and ask each other, what are we proud of? I'm a big fan of the end of the year get togethers where we are, you know, whether it be at a restaurant or at a bar or at somebody's backyard, just trying to get as many teachers together as possible to have these reflectionary conversations. I feel like that energy really is like cathartic you know, really, really does bring a closure. It's just kind you of would hate me because I'm like, I ain't going. <laughs> oh man, see, I would like, I'd find a way. I, I host an end like, of the year party oh and with like the gosh, joy of my life. <laughs> I know, 
And that's the tough thing is I do think that everybody's end of the year persona. Some people are like, no, I'm ducking out. I already right. have a vacation planned tomorrow for the that next part. three weeks. I'm gone. And I respect that that need, but if I can snag you in just for one uh, <laughs> beverage and like a celebratory hug, I'm getting you. Um, because I just like to yell things like, we did it! You know, like... Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's really important to just feel the celebration of the year because otherwise you do walk away with not without closure. And if it was a tough year, it can make it summer feel kind of blah for maybe a little bit. And maybe even make you unsure about what next year could bring. And now you bringing that up does make me think of an observation I had two weeks ago. When we did have our retirement celebration. Um, And I was sitting there thinking, wow, no one can honor teachers like other teachers. Like, right? Like every speech and every word and every part was really like, I was feeling it, you know? And I did, I had that thought like, yeah, nobody could get, and again, I don't know if that sounds mean to the people who aren't, but I, you really do kind no. of feel like, yeah, nobody gets it like we do. And, and I just felt that at the retirement thing where I was like, wow, teachers can really honor other teachers when they're like reading and writing about each other and the work. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, wow. Yep. Yeah, that's actually one of those things where I, when someone is thinking about leaving the profession, I almost want them to come to a retirement dinner. Yeah. And I want them to see how powerful celebrating someone who's worked their tail off for kids for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, how how meaningful that is. Because there's something about a retirement celebration where you can't help but feel goosebumps about the people and the energy they've given. And that's the type of thing that makes me be like, I can't wait for the summer, but I also kind of can't wait for next year. You know, like I can wait, but I know that greatness is on the horizon for next year too. Like it's just a reality. That makes me think of another thing, just retiring teachers. There's such a legacy that they leave behind, just that word was coming up. And I'm thinking about celebrations with students too, that leave that legacy, like some sort of physical piece, you know, there's a bench and they paint it a certain way and they write their names on it or, you know, handprints somewhere, something that's going to stay. I'm wondering if anyone, if there's any examples that you have of student projects or something like that, that really leave this like physical structure, lasting mark. And it's, it's really their legacy. You know, they come back, after many years and they can look at it because it's still mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, just another way that we can celebrate at the end of the year and, and not just bring closure, but bring closure in a way where it, it again, it's that, that legacy. You want to know that I'm, you know, you're leaving, but, but part of you is still there. I know at the elementary schools in our area, they, the fifth graders, because that's the age that leaves, they get to paint a wall tile in the hallway And already my third grader has been talking about that. When you're in fifth grade, you paint a wall, a ceiling tile. And I'm already thinking about what my ceiling tile will be. And I bet there's a lot of cool buildup to that for during the fifth grade year of just building up to like, it's our legacy is the ceiling tile. It's coming. (laughs) 
All right, it's time for our Pass the Mic section of our show. This week's Pass the Mic comes from Courtney from Portage. And Courtney says, It's surreal that a group of kids are such a big part of our lives, and vice versa, for an entire school year, and all of a sudden they're out of our lives. What are some parting words or things you tell students at the end of the year that you hope have a lasting impact? You do get a lot of thank yous like to you you know what i mean and like from the kid and from the parent and i'm always sure to say you did the work it's you Mm -hmm. like you earned all this you you grew you you did it um and so i do know that's something i share with all my students that even though we like each other and this relationship has felt good you didn't do these things for yourself to please me or for me, it was all for you. And, and you did the hard reflecting and keeping with it. So that is a message that I do share that you did the work. It's been your journey and it's your growth and it's your accomplishment to feel proud about. I like that. Um, speaking on that, <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, I like to build the kid up, but with my job too, I get a lot of seniors who graduate and I get invited to personal house parties and stuff and I go. And what I do at those are always congratulate the parents. Like I always tell the parents, but I make sure the child is there so the child is listening and telling that parent about how great of a child they raised and uh, like the strengths of the child and maybe some things the parents didn't see, but I always like to do that because a lot of times, like the population I work with, a lot of parents don't get validated, don't feel validated, but I like to be sure about, no, you did an awesome job raising your child and things like that. So it's just about building up the whole family. I find myself saying things like take care of each other, look for other people to help, keep working hard to be kind just all these like just little things um, that are kind of blanketed. And then it's really kind of differentiated for the kid is, you know, I have a kid last year who she pretty much lived on her own. She wasn't parentless, but she was not living with her parents and she was doing a lot of it on her own. And for her, it's just a matter of saying like, you've been doing this. You're, this is just a small hurdle for you. You already live by yourself and provide for yourself. This is just the next stage. You've got it. You're there. And so just really trying to empower the kids, some of them letting them know that we're going to still be at school. If they need somebody, they reach out. We're not going anywhere. The school's still going to be here. We're still going to be here. So it doesn't matter if you're 22. If you want to send me an email because you need to connect, you can connect with me. I'll find you and I'll help you. Um, And so just making sure the kids feel like they are not alone anymore or that their school, just because this chapter ends doesn't mean that their school is no longer for them. Um, and so it's very differentiated for me because a lot of kids, you know, it's high fives, good job, way to go, good luck with the next stage. But there are kids where you're just like, 
I'm so proud of you. Look at look at all the stuff you overcame. You know, we had we had three students die last school year. Three kids died in the previous school year. So the whole year was just talking about like, you did it. You survived this really hard school year. You got through this and just kind of like hugging as many kids as I can and helping them just really celebrate themselves. Yeah, I agree. It's really differentiated. It's individual per student for each student. And you can't get to everyone necessarily. You can't say something to everyone. So it's another good opportunity to say like who you want to end on a high note, right? You want to end with a positive interaction. You want to empower them, like you said, Angie. And so even to ask like who really needs it? You know, if I'm going around and maybe giving the the high fives or the shout outs to the some of the usuals who mm-hmm. I, you know, am giving shout outs to or who are kind of getting shout outs maybe, you know, across the board. And you kind of have that sense yeah. at this point in the year, you know, who's who really needs that pick me up? Who do I really want to make sure I connect with or close the loop with in a positive way? I also think end of the year, it's a good chance to just I mean, energy can be low, motivation can be low, but whenever there's a final something, it's a good chance to just kind of celebrate it and lift the energy up for a moment. You know, it's the last exit ticket. Can you believe it? Like, uh-huh. just like, give it your all. Like, it's the last one or it's the last warm up or it's going to, uh-huh. you know, the last time we're going to put our chairs up on the table, you're going to, you're going to do your room <laughs> job or something like that. Um, and just kind of. I don't know, because that might not click for every student. It's such yeah. a routine. But if you point out this is the last right. one, like right, it could be a way to kind of get that energy up yeah. right at the end. I really like to dress up my classroom in the last like two weeks. So it feels very graduation party-esque because I know not every kid's going to have a graduation party. It kind of still makes it feel like there's a cheesy space in their lives, you know, like go take your picture by the balloons, you know, like all the things just to kind of, again, make them feel like they're really doing it. Like it's really happening. This is a good thing. We're celebrating this. And I, Daniel, I like exactly what you said is who really needs it and who really needs it from me? Like who have I Mm. actually formed such a close relationship with that? I need this probably closure as much, you know, I need to know that I have said these words to you before I potentially never see you again. Well, Um, to, to our listener who wrote in, you know, it, the idea of that, like, Oh, you know, you really know these people and, and then they're leaving, you know, as teachers, it, it is important to remember that, whatever, like I'll say to the kids, whether it was the, the a leg of the journey or the end of the road, our time together meant something. And, mm-hmm. and again, and it was good. And so we do always leave pieces and it now again, teaching for 27 years, it still does amaze me how I recognize my students like out and about in the world. Like if you've been in my classroom, I'm always going to know who you are. You know, I, may not always, always, always like know the name exactly in the moment, but I know your faces and I know your essence and I always carry that. And so you, you know, it's like, you can't unknow someone that, you know, so mm-hmm. keep that with you. I also know that I, I've, you know, every student who's come back, you know, many years later and, and talked about the class that they took with me or, or something like that. 
I don't know if anyone has ever said, you know, it's that thing you said to me on the last day, right? I'm trying to think now, like, I, like I, maybe I just never said anything <laughs> profound or impactful on the last day, right? That could be, that yeah. could be on me. Um, but, and also like thinking of teachers, like, I don't know if I can think of a, something that a teacher said to me on the last day that ever stuck with me. You know, I think, mm-hmm. yes, the closure is important. These endings are important and everything that we're saying is important. But I think that you don't want to put too much pressure on the end. Like what yeah. is the the exact right thing to say? Because yeah. most likely you've said it. Yeah. Right. You've mm. done it with the students. You've done that routine. You've done that project. You've made that impact already. So, you know, end on a high note, close it up, have fun. Um, just, you know, be you. And it's, they're not necessarily going to remember that last day. Right. Yes, they're going to remember the impact that you've already had. I like that. And that's a segue to this episode becoming a wrap. And we'd like to invite you to visit the AKA Teacher Podcast website to find helpful resources and all of our podcast episodes. And we want to thank you all for listening and for all you do for our learners and educators and families that we serve throughout Wisconsin. And we appreciate your ears. Mm-hmm.